Dear listeners, the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast will not be releasing on time this month in a, an expression of solidarity for Black Lives Matter and against police violence. We will still be releasing sometime this month because this episode is our Pride Month episode and it's hard to do that outside of Pride Month. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast, where we talk about books that we've read along some some sort of theme, and uh, talk about that theme, and then those books some more, and usually say some words, hopefully make you laugh, make you cry, that kind of thing. My name is Peter Schaefer, and I'm here today with Katie Willis. That's me. Dan Evanson. Hello. Nick Evangelista. Howdy, howdy. And the ever-mysterious Rachel. Hello. Perfect. <laughs> that was a very mysterious hello. Exactly. I'm very, I'm very tired. <laughs> mysterious or tired, you be the judge. I got four hours of sleep. Oh, my. Sounds like something um, the Illuminati solved. would say. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> no, it was just the weather saying, Bye. <laughs> Hold on to your hats, uh, kids. I'm gonna pick up your building. Uh, <laughs> is it? Are, are there tornadoes? Yeah. Yeah, there's a 4 a.m. tornado. That was fun. Oh my. Okay, I didn't realize we'd had 4 a.m. tornadoes in our little group. Yeah. Um, nope. That was a fun thing. I was already awake, but I was like, "This is fun." <laughs> I see. So you're just blaming the tornado. But you were no. already awake. <laughs> I was awake, but it kept me an hour. Uh, woke me up like, like it kept me later than I would have gone to bed normally. Yeah. Because it, nor- <laughs> it happened. In, um, I normally go to bed around two, but we got into a tornado watch, so I just decided to stay up in case uh, the warning happened. So you got four hours of sleep instead of your normal five. Well, I don't normally wake <laughs> up at eight thirty. I just woke up at eight thirty. <laughs> It was just an all-around rough morning, it sounds like. It yes. does. Yeah. Well, we're all glad you're okay. Yes. Yep. I'm glad you scared that tornado away. Yep. I'm glad we don't have trees. <laughs> I, I once spent a, an awkward, kind of frightening couple hours in uh, eastern Colorado in a pizza hut. Uh, during a tornado warning where the the waitress kindly said we could go shelter in their freezer if we needed to and uh, I was staring nervously out the window at my car that had two cats in it because we were moving uh, moving across country and uh, I kept you know being anxious that that something was going to pop down and carry my cats away forever that's horrifying I would have done a sneaky run out and grab them and come back. I, I remember when I drove from New York to Ohio, we we had two kittens with my my two cats, but they were they were kittens. They were uh, still like four months old, Aww. and we had to trek them all the way out here, and that would have been horrifying if I were in your shoes. So it was it was it was uncomfortable. Yeah, I've been trained well for tornadoes. My dad is from Tornado Land of Ohio. Mm-hmm. We don't get tornadoes over here west of the Cascade Mountains because 
We have weather that makes sense. <laughs> you have rain. You have yes. constant rain. No. Oh. You don't live here. Okay. <laughs> Did you just resume his weather? <laughs> well, here it just snowed twice today. Oh my god. That's April weird. snow. I'm, I'm so fucking sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we live so far apart that we can have this wide variety of weather. Tornadoes, not rain, April snow. snow. Yeah. Man. But this is not April. No, it is June. <laughs> oh, <it's laughs> lucky for you listening at home. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. Perhaps the pandemic is over. Perhaps not. Oh, uh, shoot. The, 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 we've pierced the magic veil. We're uh, celebrating the month of pride. Is that yes. wait? Which is that April or June? That June. is June. June. Okay, good. The current month, <laughs> That's right. not the past in, our... in which we live, the future to which we broadcast to. <laughs> <laughs> and that is our uh, our theme this month: LGBTQ plus uh, pride, etc. Right? Yes. I think we tried to aim for main characters being um, LGBTQ or authors, or both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the goal. <laughs> yeah, and how do we all do on that score? I got... my The main character of my book is bisexual. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, I've got an author and some side characters. I've got cool. main characters. Good. Um, I mean, yeah, I have a, a main character who is... Um, asexual i believe yeah also good so. underrepresented yes i mean they are Just, all are underrepresented aren't they which is part of why we're making the the effort here right mm -hmm. yes also just throwing that out there wasn't that one of the squares for the uh reddit bingo yes it is which? well then stay tuned for nicks if you need that bingo if you, need a, if you need another one um Claire, uh, Claire Yale by Garth Nix. Uh, she is asexual. Oh, nifty. Every chance she gets, she's going to slip that Garth Nix in. I'm just saying because there's not a lot of asexual characters, especially main characters. It's very true. Although I thought Nick was saying that every chance every chance she gets, Claire Yale is going to slip that non-sexuality oh, into the, no. into the story. I don't think it's explicitly stated because it takes place in past that doesn't have the term asexual. Sure. <laughs> oh my I, goodness! I will say I haven't finished the book, so I don't know how good the book is. Are you reading it now? Isn't no. that the the new one that just came out? No, it's not the new one. It's, oh no, that's um, Angel Mage. A, yeah, that's Angel Mage. That's not part okay. of the universe. Um, ah. I accidentally spoiled myself for nah. the plot, and I just wasn't feeling that. It was kind of a downer plot, and I was just not feeling it at that time. Totally yeah, fair. it can be hard to want to read on when you've when you've learned what's coming. Yeah, I will try to read it later. I just wasn't in a mood for a downer plot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, great. Yeah. Now I'm spoiled that it's a downer plot. Thanks for that. Eh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had you've read the first book of that trilogy of that series. Yeah, I don't remember it terribly well. That's that's weird because I did that book like a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't listen because I'd read it before. <laughs> uh, note the discrepancy ago. here i didn't i don't remember it but no it's i'm joking i listen to everything you say thank you what what <laughs> <laughs> we're very tired or at least i am 
it's uh it's before dinner for me <laughs> let's let's keep moving um what is there to talk about in general about the theme of of lgbtq plus uh in fantasy literature is it i mean the primary thing that i think everyone knows without even saying is that it it's underrepresented uh there's a lot of motion in the last decade probably two decades um although I couldn't point specifically at uh, getting more representation, uh, a lot of own voices coming in. Um, but what's, what's to say about that? I have, uh, the only interesting thing I note is they don't use the terms like lesbian, gay, bisexual that I've seen. Hmm. Yeah, okay, that's, that's true. I don't see that very often. I mean, I mentioned... Um, Mercedes Lackey's uh, Magic's Promise trilogy or the Last Herald Mage trilogy last time or the time before that or time before that. I don't with know. The a while horse ago. With the that was pretty recent. Blue eyes. Yes, with the horse with the beautiful eyes. You got it, it Katie. The no, it wasn't nostalgia. Was it female author? No, no it, it was, was Animal Companion. It was Animal Companion. Um, okay. And uh, and we know our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 did this. We we surely remember it. Uh, and that was a homosexual main character. Um, but you're right; they don't say homosexual. They make up a word for it because, in the setting, their local culture doesn't have a word for it. So they they bring in one from a more enlightened, uh, uh, different culture. Um. It's also it's weird. Some of them don't mention it at all. It's kind of just like taking away the label. Hmm. Like you it's just, try to make it fit more naturally into the world. Yeah. Because you know a lot of the hangups, the you know the the culture of you know phobia about LGBTQ plus people is is that you know people default to certain things, and so you want to label things that are you know and then the label is is sort of like a uh, the off normal, right? The the not the default, uh, right? Every yeah. if you're if you're marked, you're not normal. If you're not marked, then you're de- quote unquote normal. Right. So this is a, a gay hero, not just a hero. Right. Like in my book, um, the majority, if not all, uh, there's like I can count the male characters on my on one hand, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of a thing that the characters do. They just go sleep with other um, females, and it's just it's just treated as normal. There's no yeah. questions or... Yeah, there's one character that disapproves of one relationship, but she's, like, the evil character <laughs> that you're not supposed to like anyways. <laughs> well, success. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she later does get redeemed, which is good. You I know, mean, there's a... Go ahead. You know what I like sort of the the best about it, and I... I, I <laughs> this, is, this is one of those topics where, like, I need to like double think about everything I say a little bit because you know you we never do. know if like you've your your response is going to be necessarily appropriate because of you know for the longest time we all lived in a world where these things weren't accepted and you know especially me being the I think longer, I, I'm longer confirmed the me, oldest Dan, person yeah. so I have the most societal programming to fight against I guess I don't know but anyway what I what I like about it and when I'm reading those books is that it makes it so that you know when the author accepts that those are that that is possible that like those more complex relationship you know that it's not just one thing that hey if there's going to be a relationship in the book it's going to be a man and a woman mm-hmm. 
that that makes it better for me as a reader because I don't I don't I also don't make that assumption that I'm sort of like open to different possibilities and so when authors engage with those possibilities it feels like a more complex offering even though it's just a relationship still but to me it's you know it's an exciting time that you know I can read a book and and have my expectations sort of blown out a little bit when I'm able to read outside of my own personal experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Something interesting about Nick's book is it takes the, it doesn't have heteronormativity in the society. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's a, they go to a prom at one point and they don't, uh, the people who ask like this male character uh, who he's taking to prom, they don't assume it's the female best friend character. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, it doesn't have the heteronormativity in the society of the book. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and I like what you were saying there, Dan, about just the fact that it, it allows just for more, I guess, complexity. Because um, ultimately, you know, with fantasy, we can get really uh, interested in the plot and the magic systems and all these other things. But the thing that separates like an okay story from a great story is characters at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. allowing for for that complexity in characters and that complexity in their relationships with each other, and 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 being able to not necessarily uh, have these expectations that need to be met all the time, uh, I just think really adds uh, a lot to the story in terms of that characterization. You know. Um. This is not about like queer themes or something like that. It's it's kind of in the same vein of not talked about a lot in fantasy. In uh, the Hod King, which is the third book in the uh, Tower of Babel series, um, one of the me lead characters goes into menopause, and hmm. it's like her dealing with that. And I've never seen that in fiction. Yeah, there's a lot of topics like that that I feel like don't come up a lot. I mean, another. <laughs> sorry this is probably not as serious or uh <laughs> important i guess but like there's a lot of topics that don't come up in books like even just something as simple as like using the bathroom often <laughs> you, you know you'll have you'll follow a character for like days and they never use the bathroom you know i guess it's kind of because that's kind of gross <laughs> well sure I, don't get me yeah. wrong but i'm just saying like the you know i, I, I kind of think that not shying away from those things that are actually part of life you know, uh, like, the real things that are actually in real life. I think it's better to in- include in some way, at least, and not seem like you're kind of shying away from it or forgetting about it. I feel like if I see reference to somebody going to the bathroom in a book, it is a <laughs> lot more likely to be a book that feels like it's being gritty. It's not like Game of Thrones or something, maybe. Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like there's a reference to, I don't know, Jamie Lannister, like fastening up his breeches or something like that. Right. Um, yeah. well, there is a, a very graphic scene of Daenerys, like, going through diarrhea. <laughs> there so... are, there are, there's every kind of graphic scene in the Game of Thrones, and we don't uh, need to. I'm not necessarily advocating for detailed bathroom scenes, by the way. I want to be clear. Um, and then, and it... then he shook it a little bit to get the droplets <laughs> off. Oh God! Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, What's happened? Don't shake more than three <laughs> times, though, right? Isn't that the rule? 
I I don't know. I've, I've... According to that simple plan song, yes. <laughs> no, that's not simple plan. Is that Good Charlotte? Oh, it's, I don't Good know. It's one of those bands. <laughs> They're all the same. Uh, the early two thousands kind of punky pop. Just, just to stop us from talking about how men do or do not go to pee, I'm going to interject here because it's got to go somewhere. That. Uh, that we are we are talking about LGBTQ themes, and we are, as far as I'm aware, not terribly representative of the the LGBTQ uh, authorship or audience. This right, we're 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 not a terribly well representative uh, podcast when it comes to minorities. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And so, yeah. uh, just. We, I think we need to, you know, lay it out. I, I say up front, but this is really not up front. This is kind of like in the middle um, that, that we're doing the best we can and we are trying to be, uh, we want to be supportive and inclusive of all peoples and that we are not the best, last, or, uh, or most incisive take on any of this. Um, but... Uh, if we screw something up, let us know, and we're, we're going to be more than open to talking about it. Yeah, episodes like this are, you know, a lot of times we try to pick themes that are interesting or have something a lot to talk about, but we, it's important for us to pick themes like this so that we are also just challenging our own choices and trying to make sure that we have a diverse range of books in every sort of axis possible on the show. So, um you know, I think, like, if it was up, if it was up to me and Rachel, you know, it might just be the Mark, Mike Lawrence or Mark Lawrence podcast. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm or, sorry. With, I with really Garth like Nicks. his books. His, <laughs> his writing is great. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing to apologize for except except maybe that. <laughs> no, just nothing. Jeez. No. Oh my gosh. Very well I said, guys. You. Though. Uh, yeah. Okay. We're trying. We are trying our best. That's right. All all white mostly straight of us <laughs> right yeah yeah okay. mostly straight well, <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't know i heard peter talking about my husband oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. well every, everybody guy. gets one right oh. <laughs> more than what? half of us are probably straight <laughs> well if i only get one it's idris elba okay oh man i was gonna say the same thing <laughs> <laughs> Don't I worry, will guys, share him Idris share. Elba with you. <laughs> is it Idris Elba next one too? I, oh, wait, maybe. I mean, you know, there's a lot of Idris Elba to go around. I bet he's not a I bad. We could one. all get a, That's for sure. But no, he's not a bad one. He's the best I mean, one. Can I pick him too? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Can we? Uh, Welcome back to the Idris Elba fan club. <laughs> No, no, I, I think, can we just declare Idris Elba the official boyfriend of the F-Bomb podcast? Boyfriend of the podcast. Uh, we also, do we need an official girlfriend then? Probably. Well, it's the Fantasy Boyfriend of the Month podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
It's a different kind of fantasy. Yeah, we're is, we're shaking I, I, off Patrick Rothfuss, the winter boyfriends, and now we are <laughs> moving moving on to spring with Idris Elba, the spring boyfriend. I'm I'm suddenly interested in the fantasy boyfriend of the month podcast where we have a theme, and every month we talk we argue over who is our fantasy boyfriend that month for that theme. <laughs> Hey, we could, well, we should have done that for April. We should have started it off for like April Fools. Oh man. Okay, we'll cut this part out so that we can surprise everyone next April. <laughs> <laughs> or we'll just start a new podcast, right, guys? Yeah, we'll do that. That'd oh, be Lord. hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, should, let's just dive in. I think. Um, I think. Uh, yeah. Who, who would yeah, like I think to we begin? Said- um, I'll I start. guess I'll begin. Oh. Okay, Dan can go. I'll, I'll Dan go. Can go. So I, I picked a book um, that is uh, was written by uh, uh, a friend of mine. Uh, his name is William Tracy. Um, I have backed um, both of his Kickstarters for this series of books. And uh, he is a self-published author. So I'm, I feel like I'm checking a lot of boxes here with my friend uh, William Tracy. Not the least of which is that he happens to be a member of the uh, LGBTQ community. So uh, uh, his novel is uh, The Seeds of Dissolution, uh, which is part of the dissolution cycle. Um, this is the first one, uh, The Seeds of Dissolution. Uh, it is a, a great book for people that are trying to find um, stories that sort of... Uh, blend the sort of fantasy and sci-fi um aspects uh it has a a really great magic system inside of a sort of quasi magical technical society that lives in its own secret dimension um in a sort of complex network of dimensions so it's it's uh the the city uh, where this takes place called the nether is this sort of crossroads of all these different worlds. And so there's all these great kind of alien beings um, in it. And uh, in the, in the novel, uh, the main character, Sam um, kind of barely escapes uh, an attack, a kind of freezing death that attacks his house uh, and kills his, his mother um, this is like in the first few pages, so I don't feel like that's a spoiler. Um, but uh, he escapes to the Nether, uh, where he learns that you know, of course, he's got um, magic powers, and the magic system in the book is all based around music. So the the universe is described as the symphony, and people are able to sort of like pluck notes from the symphony and compose new songs, which are kind of magic spells, and it's this really beautiful, well thought out magic system that I really loved mixed with, I think it's 10 different alien cultures, um, all in the, in, in this space with Sam kind of serving as this fish out of water kind of character. And, uh, you know, Bill is, has really thought out like every culture, every, you know, mix of the, of the cultures and and he brings in you know representation into that where you know some of the the cultures are heteronormative and some are you know automatically kind of pansexual some uh have like um you know family units um it's just like a really interesting dynamic that is spread throughout the book so 
And that is all really just like the world building that goes, you know, it's this nice layer over the top of a really kind of complex kind of epic fantasy story because it touches the complex political structure of these, these 10 interwoven alien cultures and the sort of uh, ever approaching doom that Sam is running from and uh, the, the history of, of this place that um, is sort of like, uh, coming back to the fore as um, people try to cover up past misdeeds and and um, prepare for possible you know future destruction at the hands of this freezing death that seems to be chasing Sam wherever he goes. Uh, so I really love it. Uh, I I backed the the Kickstarter that Bill um, put out back when he first launched this one. And he's got another one that's going on in there that just probably completed uh, when this comes out a few days ago. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, unless you're following me on Twitter, uh, you you are not going to get a chance to hear this in time. But seek out the Kickstarter. Um, you can just search for uh, Dissolution or the Dissolution Verse on uh, Kickstarter and you'll probably be able to find it. And through that, you can purchase the book. Uh uh, the first one or the second one, and you can find more on uh, Bill's website, I'm sure, if you look up wherever that is. I don't actually know what <laughs> Bill's website is. but We'll, we'll go ahead and so include prepared. a link in the description yeah. here. But it is great. He's, he's, he's one of my favorite um, self-published authors. He and I met on the Writing Excuses cruise, and just uh, I just kind of fell in love with his work when he managed to put a book in my hands. Very uh, cool. Yeah, I love it a lot. So is that um, dissolution, like the, a broken down solution, or disillusion, like disillusioned? Uh, dis, dissolution, like a broken down solution. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> Words are weird and sound very similar. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And this is an audio medium, so we break it down for the audience. Yeah. We also have never seen each other's faces except for Nick. I've seen all of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Katie, she has cameras in our houses. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a given. If you guys that's... follow me on Twitter, you can. I'll send you, a, you know, live updates. Uh, link to the security <laughs> cameras she's hidden in our houses. Oh great! I have I have to start wearing pants now. No, you don't. <laughs> Katie's like, uh... no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. <laughs> oh man, um... the, the the best thing about the quarantine is not wearing pants yeah wait also, you guys were wearing it, pants <laughs> <laughs> my underwear is basically shorts anyways so it's fine <laughs> oh my god <laughs> 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 peter <laughs> so Frank, that was Frank, uh, cut, that, cut that cut the yawn <laughs> don't, don't keep that in the final i'm sorry I don't even know who's editing this. Yeah, my favorite part about uh, this podcast and our other podcast, Nostalgia Plus, about the 1995 uh, Saturday morning cartoon Gargoyles. Uh, uh, my favorite part about both of those shows is the fact that every time we've ever mentioned cutting something out of the podcast, it's been included. <laughs> I think it's kind of a ritual for making sure it stays in. Yeah. Unless it includes personal information, then it gets cut. No, then it gets replaced with a duck quack, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what we did. And then well, Peter learns his lesson and is very sorry. <laughs> it's okay. 
Very cool. I'm not... Yeah. So that was uh, William Tracy uh, and the Seeds of Dissolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you said the author is uh, part of the LGBT community and side characters? Yeah, so they're, um, uh, Bill is uh, an out bisexual uh, guy, and uh, there's multiple relationships in the book that are uh, uh, same-sex, bi, asexual. I mean, he, he got the whole gamut in there. Um, and it, it was one of the things that I know, like, because we, we've talked a bunch about it. Um, it and I actually, <laughs> I have, I have a secret short story based in this universe that is just for me for a, for a little while. But, uh, um, you know, it was one of the things he really wanted to do because he was, um, while he was writing it, he was kind of struggling with coming out. And, uh, so, you know, he, um, you know, made sure that, uh, you know, this, this book represented the world, I think, that he kind of wanted to live in. And um, not only is it like mystical and magical, but, you know, has the sort of full breadth of human experience, even though, uh, you know, a lot of that is expressed in kind of non-human characters. But even the even that is great because it's not like it's a bunch of kind of like Star Trek aliens, you know, walking around with various head ridges. It's really fantastical um, kind of alien races that are very much non-humanoid in some cases. Um, I think one of the main characters is like a chicken person. <laughs> so, oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, it's great. It's really imaginative, and I I, I really love the books. Can't wait for part two to come out. Um, if you get a chance, if, if somehow uh, the Kickstarter is not over when you hear this, or you can go back and sign up after the Kickstarter, which usually that's a thing you can do. Uh, I would encourage you to do so because it's a great series to get on the kind of ground floor. Cause I get the feeling that that bill's going to take off pretty soon. Cool. After Ab- this review gets out, you guys, <laughs> it's going to skyrocket. Yeah. Sponsored by bill. <laughs> bill Tracy. Bill, bill Tracy. Uh, again. Yeah. Happy to support any self-published, any self-published authors. So we will have a link in the description, either to the Kickstarter or to his website. And uh, go ahead and check him out. So, thank you, Dan. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll go next. So, I will preface this by saying, this is my favorite trilogy ever. So, I am biased AF. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Noted. Yeah. So, I want to begin by making Peter read the first two lines of the book, because they're brilliant, and I love Uh, them to death. (laughs) Did you want them in in Sean Connery, or just uh, my normal mellifluous tones? Uh, whatever you feel that is appropriate for those two sentences. Hmm. So Arnold Schwarzenegger? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It is important when killing a nun to ensure that you bring an army of sufficient size. For Sister Thorne of the Sweet Mercy Convent, Lanotaxis brought 200 men. So that kind of just sets the scene of what the fuck is going on. We have battle bonds. <laughs> it's a pretty good opening, I agree. Yeah, um, and you, and that's actually a flashback to. It's a flash forward to the final battle in the third book of the trilogy, and you're kind of learning what's going on throughout the series. Hmm. And so it starts off with set like eight to nine year old Nona Gray who in her first thing she's trying to fight adults 
and she kill she basically murders a nine foot man who is like who is a prized ring fighter and i love it How unfortunately did she do that? what what did you How? say peter um she has bullshit magic that she oh, doesn't okay. know about well that answers bullshit that question magic. as in she has wolverine claws that come out of her hands but like, that are like psychic wolverine like, claws i think or something like that yeah, it's like psychic Wolverine claws. <laughs> so she basically jumped and stabbed him in the neck with her psychic Wolverine claws. Okay, well that would kill me too. Yeah, <laughs> but picture a picture like this nine foot buff ass man, who's who's like a, like a nine foot wrestler, uh, and she murdered him. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm picturing picturing the opening to Troy. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, he's very rich, and his parents are allowed to uh, bring him back from the brink of death via magic. Um, and the reason she did this was to protect her friend, who was um, going to be probably sexually assaulted and murdered by this giant man. And that kind of explains Nona's character to me. She is fiercely, fiercely loyal to anyone she calls her friend, even if that friend has betrayed her before. Hmm. And I identify with her, and I'm just like, I love you to death, child. (laughs) (laughs) Mainly because she's a child throughout the entire series. You watch her grow up from 8 to like 18 or 19 years old throughout the trilogy. Um, the first book is called Red Sister, and it's by Mark Lawrence, and it's it th- when she's like 8 to 10, 11-ish, and she is just learning how to be magic and learning how to be a battle nun. They're not really called battle nuns, that's just the name I made up for the series. I, I, think, I think it's officially battle nuns now. Otherwise, that's just wasted opportunity. <laughs> um... Possibly like war the... nuns. Ooh. Well, it's not really war because there's only a... <laughs> they do get into wars, but there's different categories of nuns. Uh, uh, Sweet Mercy Covenant has all four. Um, they train all four. You have Red Sisters, which are also called Martial si- Sisters, uh, Gray Sisters, or Sisters of Dis- Discretion, um, uh, Holy Sisters, or um, or also known as Holy Witches. And, uh, 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 it's like Holy Bride, I think is the last one, or, and, or Bride of the Ancestor, which is the last of the four categories. Hmm. And each of them specialize in different things. Like the Red Sisters specialize in, uh, combat, uh, like hand to hand, sword combat. Uh, Gray Sisters are like, uh, they do poison, espionage, um, assassinations. Holy Sisters are the, the magic wielders. Uh, uh, they're path walkers or thread weavers. And the, uh, the Bride of the Ancestors are the ones that keep the faith because they are a religious organization. So the rest get, get to be just faithless. <laughs> they no. have... Well, it, that's not their main task. Uh, whole, uh, Bride, Bride of the Ancestor... Uh, they're mostly they keep the faith and um, do what nun- nuns do and uh, help uh, go to cities and stuff like that. And and besides um, a character who whom you identify with who is 
fiercely loyal and protective and magic nuns and a great opening line. What do you love about these books? Uh, I like, I really love the world. It's a opposite, they have the opposite problem of Earth where their Earth is, their world is freezing over. And they have mm. these giant ice uh, walls that are closing in on them. Um, and their only safe haven is the artificial moon, which is shooting moon la a moon laser to melt the ice uh, in the corridor. Dang. I want a moon laser. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I just love the character interactions. The plot is kind of meh, in my opinion, but the characters are great and I love them. Like, um, the interactions between Nona and Sister Kettle are the best. Uh, it's a very, like, uh, found-sister relationship. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's very a found family. Oh, yeah. It's interesting because the way Nona is brought to the Covenant is originally she was given to a child-taker by her, her village, and she goes to... She is bought by a ring... The ring fighter... And uh, Abadus Glass finds her at jail in jail before she is about to be hung for the attempted murder of a noble, uh, and brings her to the Covenant. That's that's her opening. And this book, you're mostly trying to figure out her past of why her village gave her up for free to a child taker. Hmm. It's great. Because nor um, yeah. Uh, there's also four different tribes of magic. Because Mark Lawrence has a really weird way of writing something that is known and something that is really unknown at the same time. So it's very sci-fi-ish way of explaining, like, people came to space and it's these different tribes and they intermixed and how the blood has diluted throughout time. And you also have, like, a moon laser. Then you're just like, I am confused about everything. Yeah, he, his his both of his his most popular series are that way where the the world that he's telling a story in has its own meta story that you may or may not get any answers to in the novels you're reading but it's really interesting and sometimes more interesting than the the mediocre plot he might offer yeah yeah um <laughs> Yeah, I found that it, um, there's also a character that appears that I, that I've seen that appeared in every story named Taproot. I've seen it in every trilogy I've read. I've seen this character in every trilogy I've read. So um, every Mark Lawrence trilogy, or just every trilogy? Every Mark Lawrence trilogy I've read. <laughs> he only writes trilogies. Got it. Is that is that supposed to be like um, like Brandon Sanderson? Hoyd. Hoyd character, yeah. I have no idea. It's just he shows up every time. I'm confused about his existence, <laughs> but I'm also reading his trilogies backwards from when they were published. Like uh, I'm reading the first series I read by his is the Book of the Ancestor trilogy, which is the Red Sister, Gray Sister, Holy Sister uh, trilogy, and then I'm reading the Red Queen's War now, and then I'm going to go to the Broken Empire, which is his first trilogy he wrote. See, I, I suspect that it's probably more like just an Easter egg than an actual character that is showing up in each story. I su yeah, I suspect that he's a character in both the Broken Empire and the Red Queen's War, but those take place in the same area, like the same right. world. Okay. And um, yeah, and he's also writing a follow-up trilogy that takes place in um, 
the book of the ancestors world uh, it's focused more on the people of the ice and the people who live in the ice got it um, cool yeah uh, one last note is I like the way Nona is portrayed as bisexual, like how the author says she's bisexual. Um, it starts when she's like eight and her her teacher just gives her a truth poison a, a potion because a uh, pill because uh, her na- uh, the teacher's name is the poisoner and she likes to just give poisons to her students. Oh, that's uh, always good to drug children. Yeah, yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's a kind of like a and she the question she asks her, "Who do you have a crush on?" and she's like, um uh, uh, she immediately like uh uh my best friend my best friend Ari, Rigel, who's this hot boy, you. <laughs> Anyways. Oh damn. She confessed yeah. to the teacher that she had a crush on her? Yeah, she had a truth bill. She had to tell the truth. Oh, man. That's traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> But I just kind of like it because it shows, like, she likes girls when she's eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just find it was a nice touch. Yeah, that's a lot of Mark Lawrence's stuff is uh, traumatizing. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say Nona's pr- pr- pretty traumatized before she even gets to the Covenant. It's She has yeah. a really shit life. <laughs> she doesn't know, um, like, her village never taught her to read. Her dad just kind of just, like, died. Oh my gosh! Uh, she's given to a child taker and transported in a cage halfway across the world. Uh, she has a really shit life, but she. Um, but it's fun to read about. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I read uh, "Red Sister" by Mark Lawrence. Does anyone have any questions? No. Can I go next? Can that be my question? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I was really um, a rambly of that one. No, it's no, totally that's fine. okay. Um, so you just saying that your character, who you know, at the age of eight, was like, "Yes, I like girls." Um, yeah. So my my main character, I read "The Tiger's Daughter" by K. Arsenault Rivera. I hope I'm saying this right. Um, and the main characters are Shizuka and Shefali and the like most of the book is just written in like second person because it's a letter of Shefali writing to Shizuka and it starts when she's like little girl she's eight years old and she's like best friends with uh, Shizuka and and this whole time she's just like and I just knew that I wanted to be with you and I was like at first I was a little like about it but but I mean you know she's probably thinking back with her rosy tinted glasses and like maybe even putting in these emotions anyway so in this book um Shefali is from like this tribe of like horse rider people she and Shizuka Shizuka sorry so most of the book, like the first half, is very slow. It it just seems like a big romance letter from Shefali to Shizuka. So it it's most then during that time it's mostly like world building and like explaining things to the reader while it seems kind of weird 
that she would be saying that to her friend because you know her friend was there too it's like their story together but written in a letter oh a fun thing is that they measure people in hands <laughs> like horses yeah i, yeah, I thought that, that was sense. exciting because yeah i'm i'm like 18 and a half hands <laughs> wait you found this. it exciting because because we talked about this before. Okay. We're, they're hooves, was... not hands. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Okay. But I've, I thought that was fun and exciting. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so these these two girls, um, Shizuru, Shiz, Shizuka, shoot. I'm mixing up the names because the one is Shizuru and the other is Shizuka and their mother and daughter and... I completely mixed them up in my notes, so I'm not sure who is who. I'm sorry. So their moms are best friends, and then they were both born on sacred days, and when they were born, two pine needles apparently fell on each of their heads, and that was, like, a sign that was used throughout to be, like, you know, they're like two pine needles. They're, you know, entwined. They're meant to be together. And and it was, it was really weird. I thought, but that could just be because I had no idea what I was getting into when I picked this book up. Understand like that it was going to be, uh, you know, like an, an Asian-based culture. So some of the things that they're referencing, they kind of went over my head. So these two characters, when Shafali is telling her story, she starts when they're like eight years old and they slay a tiger together. Shoot. Yeah. And then from there, they, like, get their adult names from Shefali's tribe. And so Shefali's new name, it translates to Tiger Striped. But Shizuka, she has been named Tiger Thief because her people, like, hunts tigers for sport. But um, Shefali's people, they're, like... Everything is sacred. Life is sacred. They prefer to be born outside underneath grandmother sky. And if you were born under a roof, that's laughable. It means that you have terrible parents. So then when, when she's telling their story, when she gets to be 10 years old, she, like, starts seeing demons and gets them, like, in her head. Whoa. That's the wrong place for demons. Yeah, it it was very abrupt because at first it was like, oh, romance, I love you, I always will. Remember these fun times when we were children? Oh, remember this other time when I talked to demons? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it, it threw me because it just seemed so misplaced, but then I'm like, wait a minute, this is a fantasy book. <laughs> it it was really, it threw me for a damn loop. So the whole the whole story is told from the perspective of these letters. Um, it every once in a while it breaks to being like Shizuka, like reading the letter, and then she'll like stop and be like, "Oh, I need to talk to this person to you know corroborate part of what she's saying in this letter." Hmm. But it's mostly conveyed through the through the letters. Yep, yeah, but mostly it's through the letters, and then she's just very abrupt, like. Yeah, there was the demon that one time. And then, uh. like, years later, they set off together to to go north to some... It 
really didn't explain it very well, but, like, Shizuka, like, was being called to the north by something inside her. So they go north, and then they fight a demon, another one, and they're, like, locked together in battle, and then it... So when they're... Okay. Should preface this? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um... So the demons, they can infect people, and then they turn, I don't know, it's like a weird mix between, like, a like a zombie and a, and a vampire, almost, I would say. Hmm. Are they yokais? They, they called them black bloods, and they, if you get, like, your blood mixed with a demon's blood, then, you know, within a few days, you turn into this monster and you attack everybody you know and love and you aren't yourself anymore so when they're 16 fighting this demon of course Shafali gets infected of course of course but she she doesn't really she doesn't turn though then she has to deal with not only being you know in love with her friend and being you know that's frowned upon in their society, of course. But, like, now she's also infected with demon juice. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and she has to, like, deal with all that and the stigma of, you know, if her friend's uncle, who is the emperor, finds out that they're, like, together, she would probably get killed. Hmm. Even without the, the demon blood. Okay, so this this setting has a a strong bias. Yes. When they're, like, trying to explain to somebody that they like each other, they're like, no, but, no, but what do you mean you like each other? Like, yes, you guys are friends, I see that. And they're like, no, 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 we're, like, together. Gal pals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, they, like, the the people have a hard time accepting it in some points. Hmm. So what drew you to the to this book? Was it suggested by somebody, or did you to have a great cover? Or? Uh, also, yes. did you like the book? I couldn't tell. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, it was good after it picked up. Like, when it was all like, oh, I love you, romance. It, I don't know. I wasn't really feeling it then, but it did pick up, and it did get better. And there is a sequel. I think there might be a threequel. <laughs> but I probably I probably won't be continuing this series because I have a lot of books already on my to-read pile without adding more. <laughs> um, sorry, Dan, what was your question? I guess what, what drew you to the book in the first place? So I had it on kindle i think i got it for free somewhere but then i saw it you know recommended in a in like a reddit thread Hmm. for gay lesbian bi characters and i was like oh i have this and so you read it and so i read it yes yeah the letter thing might yeah the letter away would be probably not be my favorite type of way to read yeah it it was kind of weird because, you know, the whole time she was speaking in I's and U's and I don't know. That was kind of hard to second person. Get engrossed Is that second in. person? Yeah, 
That is second person. Well, first sounds like first and second. Well, second person would be if you're telling someone or, yeah, a first story second, about yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, second person is notoriously hard to get right. Yeah, and I and I read one not too long ago that that used it pretty well, but still, it's it's really hard. In general. Uh, was that the N.K. Jemison book, Peter? Yes. Um. Yes. Yeah. The Broken Earth. Yeah. Series. Okay, because. I'm listening to the first one right now, and I'm, I remembered he said something about that. <laughs> okay. Also, also the Anne Leakey book? Yeah, the Anne Leakey book is the one I was thinking of, the Raven Tower. Hmm. Um, yeah. But the Broken Earth is great, so just rock on with that. Tell me what you think. <laughs> it's okay. I also sent Katie the first series in uh, the Red Sister book. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. My Even without trying, my to-read list is getting longer and longer. <laughs> You are in a podcast that just recommends books. This is what you wanted, I Katie. This I know. is what you this asked for. This is all for. my fault. <laughs> it's okay. I was in a reading slump, and I was like, I have, I don't know what to read. Or actually, no, I was in a sadness slump where I just wanted to buy a new book. I was like, I have no idea. Oh, I do no. that all the time. I just go to the store and come home with books and less money. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I don't feel like buying any particular book. I just wanted somebody to give me a book so I can just buy it. <laughs> oh. uh, I try. I even tried to get um, a Caffeine and Legends, but they were sold out of the tea box. Oh man! Oh no! <laughs> um, I don't drink coffee. <laughs> you really should get into it. Highly recommend. I've started I've... drinking coffee. It's it's terrible. Oh, it's the best. It hurts. It hurts wow. so bad. I, I can't drink coffee. It hurts my stomach so bad. I mean, I, I just want you guys to understand. I love coffee as much as David Lynch loves coffee. <laughs> oh my God. Who's David Lynch? He right, is well, a director no. famous for kind of strange, hard to interpret movies and TV shows, oh, no. and well known for uh, Twin Peaks, a oh. TV show that a lot of people have heard of that includes some some loving pans to coffee. Um, Man. Okay. I, 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 uh, this, this, wow. I didn't know we're going to have to eliminate a few people from this podcast. <laughs> this is really Nick, hard we'll, for me. we can I, just, we'll put some David Lynch on Nostalgia Plus. Uh, I'm sure ooh, can, ooh. You, you can just stick them to the blue bottom. Velvet, so. let's go. Oh no, my God. No. Blue Velvet. Oh let's my God. <laughs> that might be a lot for, for some of you folks. You're going to hate me more. I haven't, let's see. I'm, uh, I don't like Star Wars. I don't, I haven't seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies. I've seen the what? Hobbit movies. <laughs> oh, oh God. Hobbit movies are awful. <laughs> yes. Rachel, if it makes you I feel better, I just three. watched the Godfather two for the first time two days ago. <laughs> I, I am not cultured in the way no. of traditional fantasy. Nick, if you were doing what Rachel's doing, you'd have watched Godfather 3, and it'd be the only Godfather you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. I can't sit through um, Lord of the Rings. It's too long for me. I watched them for the first time on my flight to New Zealand. So <laughs> I tried to watch them. frustrated. How did you not grow up watching these things? Uh, well, they didn't exist when I was growing up. <laughs> okay, I, I I will give you and Dan a pass. Thank you. I, I love the Lord of the Rings movie. In fairness, I did watch Lord of the Rings when I was a kid. I just didn't remember it, and I never watched it again. I watched oh it in God. theaters. Uh, I watched a lot of Disney movies because my today. dad owned Disney movies. Right? <laughs> Disney movies. But when I was a kid, I cried about Gandalf dying when I was reading the book. But spoiler, he comes back. 
<laughs> and I thought my spoiler was bad. <laughs> um, my thing was Harry Potter. Also, um, his Dark Material series. Spoiler, um. Dumbledore dies. <gasps> yes, and I, I think either that or the subtle knife was the first time I ever cried in a book. Hmm. All right. I so, cried reading Dragonlance. <laughs> you cried reading Dragonlance? Yeah, one of the characters dies, and it was so sad. I cry when I watch Click with Adam Sandler. <laughs> okay. I just, cried just... when I was watching Bruce Almighty when I was pregnant. <laughs> well, well, when you're... <laughs> you're pregnant. Yeah, you, get, you get a pass. I know. You get a pass. <laughs> Um, it was like I cried. three in the morning, and I was just like watching it and bawling my eyes out when she was praying for him. Oh, oh Bruce Almighty! <laughs> I cry to the ending of Holy Sister every time. Oh my goodness! I, I cried uh, to the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. True story. What? I watched that movie <laughs> with my dad. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure this conversation ended. So, uh, <laughs> Katie, what was uh, the name and author of your book? I read The Tiger's Daughter by K. Arsenal Rivera. What do you recommend it? Because I still don't know. Um, I also read it on my tablet, and I don't like e-readers. So <laughs> She's maybe not going to answer why. that question. <laughs> she just doesn't answer the question. Do you want to give it some stars? <laughs> maybe. Don't read it on her tablet. What position Don't is your thumb in tablet. right now? Okay. Um. Well, it's sitting flat on my desk, so. <laughs> Katie, this it was, was all right. This it was picked, by it... far your most disorganized, chaotic review yet. <laughs> I know, and I'm really bad at it, so it's just getting worse. Okay, well, why don't I take it away from you? Katie, Please. sit down. Yeah. All right. It's Peter's turn. Hi, I'm Peter, and it's my turn. Hi, Peter. <laughs> I thought my review was um, scatterbrained. <laughs> oh no, I just I just oh. unravel. When it's We're all being driven slowly mad by self isolation. Uh, it, if it's still self isolation by the time this gets out. No, no, we're being we'll driven mad oh. by it regardless. Yeah. We'll probably kill ourselves if it's still in isolation. By uh, June. Gosh. Yeah. We Sorry. probably should be. Anyway, um, I read The Black Tides of Heaven by J.Y. Yang. Um, oh, I've seen that places. I've wanted to read that, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Well, you can consider this a mixed recommendation because I found the world building uh, interesting and I found uh, a lot of the decisions uh, engaging and the characters were were the, the main character that we spend the most time with was was mostly interesting but something about the book at the end didn't feel satisfying then hmm? I will avoid it because I really like satisfying endings okay um, it was it was still an interesting read it is a uh, a fantasy uh, Asian setting or Asian inspired setting um, in a world where and part of my dissatisfaction is that maybe maybe it's my reading of it a fail failure of my reading but it didn't feel quite clear whether this happens for some people or all people but where at least some subset of people in the setting uh, uh, have their their gender 
suppressed basically um, they grow up a gender uh, until sometime usually sometime in their early to mid teens they decide what gender they are and then the the the, the magic of the setting is used uh, to just like it was used to suppress their their gender presenting or manifesting earlier or their assigned gender manifesting earlier it's now used to evoke their chosen gender um, I think we can we can c conclude at least that this is important to the author because they are uh, uh, non-binary uh, non-binary and queer um, and they have chosen the the they them pronouns and so I, I figured for that that the 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 nature of this magic being used to to let people control or influence their genders was important to the author or at least meaningful to the author in the book the the main character is one of a, a pair of twins uh, and they almost and i found this kind of interesting uh, they they make up they've made a pact at some point to remain uh, to not declare gender uh, and so to never take on a gender and and one of them decides or discovers that that she is a woman and is going to make that declaration the other one feels somewhat betrayed and I thought okay well we're gonna have we're gonna have the 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 agender character and and their sister but then I was I was I was surprised when they kind of tried on the male gender pronouns and discovered oh this feels right I'm gonna go be a, a, a guy now the whole thing takes place in a world where there is a highly authoritarian probably decently termed fascistic uh, government who is led by a single totalitarian leader who is the those twins mother um, and so it's it's set against the background of like rebellion and revolution against uh, against that mother the the main character who like I said takes on the male gender ends up in a relationship with another man but that man is somebody who and this is part of where this like the setting confused me and again it could have been my poor reading of it but the setting confused me on on just how things work this uh, the, the main character's lover never sorry the main character's lover identifies as male but never had the resources I guess to and to, to access the magic that would let them physically express that gender so they're stuck I think in an agender body and it just it felt to me I felt confused on whether everybody grows up agender and gets to decide or if it's something that uh, only the privileged get to do uh, or does everyone start that way and only the privileged get to decide or I don't know it, it felt very unclear to me mm, I don't know the, the one way I would think about it is like the privileged get to reproduce well, and I mean, obviously the privileged do because the main character is you know, born from the, their mother who is the totalitarian leader, but lots of other people reproduce also. So I don't think that's the issue at hand. 
Yeah, but I also I'm using like our biology for reproduction. They could have different biology for reproduction. I yeah, I guess so. They they seem clearly human. Um and uh, so the the story covers uh, a length of uh, I think thirty five years from the 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 twins, not conception, but a little bit after that, um, but but incubation I suppose in in the womb to when they're thirty five or thirty six or something. And it's mentioned that the uh, the twins were what's the word uh, uh, conceived through magic, which is. But, but it's also held out as, like, that's unusual. So clearly people are out there having kids in a normal human way. Yeah, I, I was just mainly thinking, because there's also um, the Superman way, the Krypton, Kry- Kryptonian way of reproduction of just test tube babies. Sure, and it, I never got the impression from the story that that was, that that was considered normal. Uh, even, even with the magic conception, the children were grown inside uh, a woman's womb. Uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, it's a it's a really interesting. There's a lot of really interesting facets to the story that, in the end, for some reason, never felt as compelling as I wanted it to. And I kept trying to figure out why. I even went back this afternoon and 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 flipped through and reread the ending. And I'm I'm just still not sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was like I'm. I'm happy that I have read it, but I. I don't know that it was. It wasn't the most enjoyable thing that I read, and I. I hate saying that because I prefer to come here and tell people about great books that they should all read. Yeah, it's a very interesting concept. It. It just seems a little weird from your description. Hmm. Well, it's... not 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 weird as in like the the magic in the 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 agender thing. It's just like the unsatisfyingness it makes me not. Yeah, and it well, and it, in part it felt strange because it felt like, at the beginning of the book, it felt like the world, and maybe maybe this was, the way, maybe this is a failure of description of the the setting, so I didn't get as clear a picture earlier on, or maybe again a failure of reading, but it felt, at the beginning, like like, one level of, you know, magic mixed with technology sort of thing. Um, and and it, 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 how do I describe it? Like something that that would feel kind of like I don't know, eighteen, seventeen, eighteen hundreds, early seventeen or eighteen hundreds, uh, China, maybe uh, plus magic, um, and then. Over the course of those thirty-five years, which we which have big hops in them, like people invent guns and then they invent like phones and then and they're all using magic. <laughs> I know they're all. I mean, the guns aren't, but the other things are used. Like the most of the tech is using this their particular brand of magic in them. Um, but by the in the last chapter, not chapter, in the last you know, like three or four chapters. They've invented um, nuclear weapons, and that's a big, that's a big jump. <laughs> it, yeah, and it, it, I mean, they don't say they don't call it a nuclear weapon, but it's it's clear to the reader what it is, um, even if it's made with their particular brand of magic, and uh, and just that 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 breadth of technological leaping felt 
really, I don't know, un, un, unstable to me or destabilizing. Like it, it, it made it hard for me to feel like I had a real picture of the setting maybe, or maybe it made me feel like my earlier picture was wrong. I don't know. Um, uh, so you, everyone knows like the um, Avatar setting, right? Yeah. Avatar it's, The Last Airbender, the best cartoon in the last 20 years. <laughs> Anyways, so, and then they made the leap to Korra, where everything's very steampunky industrial age. Yeah. Um, I felt like that leap makes sense from, like, they're recovering from war, it's a technological boom, people are moving together. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. And they, so and they, didn't, and they didn't jump technology, you know, huge leaps forward in ways that felt like they didn't make sense in the course of that story. They went from the industrial age to the uh, information age and skipping the middle part. Wait, did they? No, 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 not, not Cora. Your, your oh, t- yes. Uh, yeah, it did feel a bit like that. Um, like they, an, yeah, they didn't ha- have an internet, but they, but they, they had increasingly effective stuff i don't know it was like i said it's just strange and kind of hard to settle into um, yeah sorry i was just trying to make it make no no yeah no I, you're, I appreciate it you're you're helping um, <laughs> really quick so, i gotta say you just saved yourself by saying best cartoon in the last 20 years instead of 25 years because <laughs> otherwise dan was gonna gonna he was gonna pounce his... i could hear him <laughs> Gargoyles is silly, though. I don't know what you're talking and about. And Avatar didn't have silly moments? Avatar like, is also silly. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, here's here's the surprise take. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is way better than Gargoyles. Oh, I know. <laughs> 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 also, Korra is the first uh, queer character in um, a cartoon shown on screen. Is that right? I believe so. Well, Good. U.S. cartoon, probably. Didn't they mm. uh, take the show off of TV, though, that season? I mean, That, that happened in season two. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure the reason they were able to do that was partly because the show was, like, just aired online. Uh, what happened was the show creators aged up the show. Yeah. Because the, all the viewers have aged up in the, like, how many years between Avatar and uh, Korra. Mm-hmm. And then Nickelodeon's like, it's no. too old for our audience. Basically, <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, I think because they were they they realized they could sort of they had a little more freedom. They decided to mm-hmm. do stuff like that, which is good, I think. Oh man, that reminds me of a reboot, which uh, is a cartoon that maybe none of you know about. Uh, Dan, and anything, reboot. Oh, reboot. No. Oh, I thought you were talking about a reboot. Oh, but yeah, like, reboot. No, I love reboot. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank goodness. <laughs> I uh, thought you were talking about a show that was being rebooted. Yeah, no, no, a I show called too. Reboot, which I would oh. totally accept a, a reboot of Reboot. Um, but uh, it had it had two very silly but still engaging seasons, and then, I don't know, ABC or whoever it was dropped them, uh, and they were picked up. By by something smaller and more off the mainstream. I think UPN picked them up. Sounds right, and and they went totally awesome sauce. Uh, you know, they hadn't been able to. Characters couldn't die or really get hurt before that. They could get like frozen temporarily, and and suddenly they had characters with like 
guns and things hurting people and yeah that third season went places it did it was fascinating anyway so i I just figured out what we're what we were the show we're watching (laughs) (laughs) side side note they they after that third season they had a a movie that was made uh, but only released in canada i've never been able to find a copy i Um, i think i'm i'm gonna have to find one anyway oh dan Peter, how am I going to find this series? Let me just tell you. I will mail it to you if I Oh, I mean, I own all three seasons on DVD, so. The the Why Is This a Thing crew has mastered the art of finding obscure uh, film. Do do not worry. I just don't want to buy more stuff. (laughs) No, no. I will will send it to you if I have to. Anyway, so so that that was The Black Tides of Heaven by J.Y. Yang. One of the uh, fascinating things about it is that it was... uh, released let's see if if what i read recently uh is accurate it was written after the the novel that that follows it based like sorry it's a it's a series um the second book was written first uh this book was written second but comes first in at least in the internal chronology and they were both published at the same time hmm. as uh, as like a kind of dual no- novella release. It's a short book. Fun. Um, so it's either like a short novel or a, or a novella. Anyway, so that was, I just found that interesting. It's, it's an unusual practice, and I, I thought that yeah. was neat. All right, Nick, take us home. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I do want to preface this with... Um, I, we've I talked actually, about this a lot. Yeah, we've talked about this book uh, a whole ton since I think literally episode one of this podcast we've brought it up. Um, and I have not read this. I did not reread this, um, at least not in full. So it has been some time since I've read this, but I'm sure Rachel can help me through it if I hit any snags. Okay. <laughs> uh, I haven't reread it recently because one of my friends has the second book. Well, I'm sure that through our collective memories, uh, you know, it's not like we're reciting the plot anyways, but through our collective memories, I'm sure we can hit all the major marks here. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the book I'm talking about is um, Sufficiently Advanced Magic, uh, which is part of the Arcane Ascension series by Andrew Rowe. Uh, this is actually the first audiobook I listened to, I believe, when I when I got Audible. So this is really the first one that got me into audiobooks. This podcast not yet brought to you by Audible. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what I really, in particular, love about Andrew Rowe's writing is his magic systems. As someone who's a huge fan of Sanderson and like Brent Weeks' work, Andrew Rowe kind of fits right in there. Although his st- style of story is more JRPG focused, so it's it's definitely different. But in terms of magic systems and his proficiency in uh, developing complicated magic systems that work, he's very very good. So the story follows uh, a character named Corden Cadence, um, and they uh, he, he's essentially in uh, it's sort of a trope at this point, but he's essentially in a magic school to learn how to use magic. Uh, Weird. Yeah. Right. I will say, magic schools are one of my all-time favorite things to read. You know, I uh, generally don't love the trope. You know, it's I I think I it's probably popularized by Harry Potter. I would say, most likely. I just like learning how to do magic. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. If and and if you love magic systems, it is a very uh, good way to 
explain a magic system to the reader. Swish and flick. <laughs> right. Sleviosa. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know how magic works in Harry Potter, so... <laughs> it does. Yeah, it's it's not a system. Yeah. It's plot-driven, yeah. Yeah, exactly. This, this story... Uh, it introduces these things. They're these magic spires, and I guess this is where the JRPG element comes in. Uh, the students go into these spires, and they have to travel up levels and solve puzzles, fight monsters, etc., to unlock uh, magic items and powers. Uh, and the spires were essentially set up and established by uh, gods or god serpents or creatures like that. Um, it's it's the series is uh, a little vague in what they are, but it is clear to me that they will explain it in future books it definitely has the jrpg element of uh you just exponentially get more and more powerful it's pro- it's progression fantasy. yes That's what progression i, I fantasy never is. know the term for it and when, every time you mention it see this is what i'm saying rachel's gonna be my backup here <laughs> <laughs> yes so the one term is progression fantasy and then the term for uh was it katie's type of book it was epistolary what relating a story through the letters that are written back and forth is epistolary fiction today i learned (laughs) (laughs) now um so our 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 character corin uh through through the character of corin ro uh is able to really talk about some interesting topics like uh, abuse and you know corin corin came from an abused family and that's caused him to sort of become very uh severely introverted a little distrusting of people on the outset and um he also happens to be uh asexual or at least it seems on the wiki officially says he seems to be asexual Hmm. and i think even in the books corin has this sort of introspection where he says i think i'm asexual or like he's not even necessarily sure Mm -hmm. i uh, it's he's also i believe he's homoromantic yeah and um but what what i like about corin's character is that because of all of that when he does develop relationships with other characters it makes them all the more meaningful and impactful you know he doesn't uh trust people lightly and he doesn't express himself or open himself up to people lightly so he also he doesn't like when people touch him at all even like a hug or anything so when at one point in the book he actually does allow someone to hug him it's like a big moment whereas like for Mm -hmm. them it it probably doesn't mean anything they're just like oh i'm just hugging him but it's a big deal to him so um and i just think that makes the the character very very interesting especially uh as someone who is just you know heterosexual white doesn't have these kinds of uh you know i don't have this kind of background at all uh it just is i I just think corin is a really really awesome character to read yeah, and, and again, just the the magic system. <laughs> if you love magic systems, I'm obsessed. <laughs> it's great. So, yeah, uh, Sufficiently Advanced Magic is a great introduction to Rose's body of work. Um, he has uh, several series. I believe, I'm not 100% positive, but I believe all of the series take place in the same world. Even though, they do. Yeah, even though they all have different magic systems. 
Uh, they just take place on continents that are not the continent in sufficiently advanced magic. Yeah. Um, in sufficiently advanced magic, they just believe that the outside world is a wasteland, but that's not true. Right, and there is yeah. sort of this implication that all of the magic systems are connected by some... Uh, I guess there is, like, some sort of base... It's, like the, it's kind of like the Cosmere. Yeah, there's, like, some sort of base thing that they all stem from. But uh, people's understanding of it doesn't go that deep. So to them, it's just all completely different types of magic. It works really well. And there are some crossovers between series. So it's uh, very, very good. So if you like sufficiently advanced magic, uh, I, I think you can uh, jump headfirst into the rest of his work. Nice. I did like sufficiently advanced magic. And I have had the rest of the series on my to be read for a while. I didn't even yeah. know he had other works already. Yeah, he has quite a few other series actually that are uh I think I think two other ones now. He has the Broken Earth uh, not the Broken Earth. Broken Mirror. Yeah, M- R- Broken Mirror trilogy, I believe. I think so. Yeah, and then um the new one where uh it Karis Salerian Car- recounts a yeah. story of when he uh befriended a dragon and fought a god, I think or something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Karis is a character that like uh, he's from the outside world and then comes to um, sufficiently advanced magic um, land. He's just broken. <laughs> he's just broken. Yeah, it's he's a yeah. It's great. So highly recommend. Um, can I tell a funny story about the second book? How I finished it? <laughs> sure. So I had a frappuccino at like one in the morning because <laughs> I was doing finals, <laughs> and that frappuccino caused an anxiety attack. So I just stayed up till three in the morning <laughs> finishing the book. Oh my goodness! Oh no! So the book helped you like wow. relax. Did you enjoy it? Yes, I was okay. like, oh, yeah, but I couldn't go to sleep, so I was like, I'll just read the last four hundred pages of the book. Oh, oh it's God. like, <laughs> oh, it's four in the morning. Okay, I'm good now. I can go to bed. <laughs> so don't have caffeine. <laughs> one in the morning. I also got to say the, the to. narrator for the audiobook, Nicholas Padel, I think it is, right? That's um, a good first name. Great first name. <laughs> now, he um, has uh, a very uh, fantastic, I don't know, I don't know the right proper word for this. He has a great voice for both female voices and male voices. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. He made a book I hated, Bearable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like him a lot. He's very, very good uh narrator he's the reader for uh name of the wind and mm. uh wise man's fear i think yeah i think that's right yeah dear god that'd be terrible to be an audio- audiobook person for those are so long mm. <laughs> well if you get paid by the word it's probably all right it's not by the word i'll tell you right oh, now. okay <laughs> so Katie, usually what is the, usually what is it's th- per finished hour Oh, okay. Either that, or it's based on royalties. Uh, when is the book that you've narrated coming out? No. <laughs> I don't know. It's been over a month, and I contacted the ACX, and they're like, oh, if you don't hear back by this date, let us know. It hasn't been that date yet. <laughs> okay. Well, there is a there is a pandemic going on, so I think you can cut them a little slack. I know, I know. And I, <laughs> I was very nice in my email when I asked them about it. Uh, I'm like, yeah. I will I will listen to it as soon as it comes out. You don't have to. It's fine. Oh, I will. I, I, I we, want to, we want to give you money, Katie. Take our money. Oh, I'm, no, I'm going right. to pirate it. 
<laughs> oh, well, if you want to pirate it, I can just give you the the raw files. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I will pay full price. I don't. Oh I'm not going to listen to it. Can I just send you money? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Peter wants to be your just sugar daddy. Just send me a check in the mail. <gasps> I don't yes. want to. I don't really want to listen to it either. But I want to give you money. I want to support your work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, so yeah, that was sufficiently advanced magic by Andrew Rowe. Um, hey, Nick, you know what we should do? What should we do? List of favorite narrators. Mm. That sounds like something. You can all do that one without me. I think that'll yeah. be great for when our podcast is sponsored by Audible. <laughs> Until that time, keep it to yourself. Because, <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> no, I, I, that's, I, that's actually a really fun idea. Like, because um, Tim Gerald Reynolds Love is him. really good. Love him. Yeah. I heard um, James Marsters voiced the uh, Dresden Files, the, the Dresden Files. books. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. he can whisper into my ear good. all day as, as long <laughs> as he stays in character as Spike. Please. The guy, the guy who plays, uh, who who narrates um, Rage of Dragons. Oh yes. You oh, guys... you have a you have a little crush on him. His Nick, voice is. It's you. <laughs> it's you who has the crush on him. I mean, he has is a sexy voice. He is the Idris. He's the Idris Elba of audiobooks. Ooh. You think I'm joking? I like, I like Julia Whalen as a narrator. She, she did the Year One trilogy, and a few <laughs> others. Uh, she she was okay. I she wasn't my. I don't like a lot of female um, narrators. I find Year One is Katie's Garth Nix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fun fact, there's only been two... We, we talked about um, me and Dan only doing Mark Lawrence books. This is my first Mark Lawrence book, and Dan only did one, too. No, it's just funny, the amount of times that we... Like, we definitely all have, like, a, a thing, you know? We bring it's up okay. the same stuff all the time. It's just really funny. I don't know whatever Peter's reading at any time before. He, <laughs> I never know what he's reading. Oh, until Peter he is the most it. unpredictable by far. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. I, I do. Okay. So I'm just a, uh, I'm an enigma. Yes. You're a wild card. Just like, I, your, I, just like your profile picture on TooManyThoughtsMedia.com where you can find all of our content. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think possibly a better way of saying is that I'm a bad communicator. <laughs> and don't tell you what I'm reading ahead of time because I just I just don't talk much. You can talk to us. This is what our Discord is for. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, it is late here on the yeah. East Coast, which I'm not near, but Close but so I it's, am it's late here up. in a place that you're not. <laughs> Likely story, Nick. You're teleporting, aren't you? I'm close to the East Coast, kind of. I'm closer than Nick. I'm closer to the East Coast than Peter. Yeah, <laughs> unless you go backwards. What? He's got you there. So there. Okay. So uh, let's wrap this up for now. <laughs> All right. Do we so, have, any, do we have anything profound to say about our theme before we <laughs> wrap up? I think we're probably all singularly unqualified to say something really profound about our theme. Um, okay. I think we can all con like agree to continue trying to support, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, disadvantaged authors, own voices, um, 
in Minor, the no, minority yeah minority. minority authors people who have not been getting the benefit of being the default uh, voices for the last two centuries well um, and i think we've also really um it sounds like from all of our reviews that we've sort of satisfied the mission statement of this show which is to challenge ourselves with what we're reading and to read things that we wouldn't normally read you know <laughs> Was that yeah. the mission statement of the yeah. show? Was that was that <laughs> was that was uh, one of the things we all said we wanted to do when we first talked about doing this podcast was reading things that uh, we hadn't necessarily read before, and and that was part of the reason we decided to go with themes every month. And oh man, yeah. that's it's been a year. You guys, stuff up. <laughs> we're getting to a year. A, it's been actually a year since I first reached out up the idea. and yeah. we all yeah. got together and chatted about this so but until we uh nick made a random reddit post that we all responded to yeah. that's right well lift 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 a glass to the founder of the feast thank I you don't nick. have any glass me and you just finished my wine uh, oh you classy I, bastard it's boxed wine it's not that classy <laughs> <laughs> you just finished I your can, box of wine no no i, I didn't finish the whole box I'm uh, too late. I'm imagining you just like drinking with the spigot over your mouth. I can run to my fridge and get the last beer out of my fridge. <laughs> I have a little whiskey just out of reach. I have a root beer in can. I will just raise that real quick. I'm All just right. going to well, open up a vein here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Okay, so this has been the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast. I've been Katie. You can find me on Twitter. (laughs) That's the one. Um, At Shimmy Book. I've been Rachel. You can find me on Twitter at Argent Rape. Also on Instagram. I've been doing a new thing where I just post the books I read at the end of the month. Sometimes they go up at midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been Dan Evanson. You can find my stuff at danielevinson.com. Don't forget to join us next month when we just go straight up fantasy AF and it's dragons. July's dragons. So, uh, Oh, good. I'm, so, I'm glad hey, somebody remembered hey. what the theme was. So strap in, you guys, for some strap dragons. Strap in for dragons. <laughs> That's what I kept, just want to get my catchphrase in there. Yeah. <laughs> strap in for dragons. <laughs> Okay, and uh, and I've been Peter Schaefer. You can follow me uh, on Twitter at Shoeless Pete, where I put up uh, one-line movie reviews and uh, daily al- facts from an alternate history that usually involves magic, time travel, or aliens. Um, and uh, Nick, you can find me at Tacky Slacks on Twitter and Instagram, and various other locations. I don't really know what I do, but I do. And yeah, whatever it is do. he do, he do. You but do I too do. much, Nick. You but do wait. too much. What if people have questions or comments for <laughs> well, us? Or bookshelves. Well, if you or have bookshelves. questions, comments, or bookshelves, then uh, support my Patreon. At, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wait <laughs> um, a minute. <laughs> you can email us at too many thoughts media at gmail.com because we have not set up an email for our domain yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do that. So that's too many thoughts media at gmail.com. Send us comments, f- questions, feedback, um, and photos of your bookshelves because Katie will devour those. And, and really, then- Katie needs an- Katie does another side project. <laughs> I do. And let me also just say. Uh, if you do go to DanielEvinson.com, sign up for that newsletter. Dan has been very prolific. 
<laughs> I've got been a lot getting those on. emails. Yeah. Also, you're really nice. Rate us and review, please. On, oh yeah, apparently on... that's important. Yeah, yeah wherever you can. Everywhere. Find five stars and click on them. Yeah, track yeah, us yeah. down in person and put a rating on our on our shit on our heads. As long as it's from six feet away. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Wait, wait until the the quarantine's over. Then rate us personally, physically on our heads. Anyway, <laughs> if, if the quarantine's over by now, ignore this humor from <laughs> two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we we need to stop talking. So yeah. thank you all very much for listening and uh, keep reading.